0: The Paradox Culture Podcast. We are so excited that you're here with us today. My name is Trent Peacock. I am your host, and as always, our co-host Philip Blancardi is here with us. Hello, Philip. How's it going? We are on episode number seven today. Uh, we're excited about today's episode. We have a special guest, someone that is a, a good friend of mine. I'm so glad he's he's joined us today, and uh, we got a great topic today, Philip. Uh, so, our paradox today that we want to introduce is Republican, Democrat or Christian? Question mark. And really, what we want to unpack is sometimes our political views override our, uh, I guess, desire to follow Christ. Like we're more passionate about who we support politically than who we champion as king of our life, and um, so I think we kind of get that backwards sometimes, so we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit today and talk through that, and Mina's going to help us do that. So, Mina, um, you, we've known each other for a while. Uh, you went to liber- You and I went to Liberty together, and uh, we're both young champions for Christ,
1: as Dr. Falwell would say. Great. You know, I actually thought about this this morning a little bit. Um, I knew your wife, Man, before she was your wife, though. That's what's so like. <laughs> yes, that is true. It's been almost twenty-five years, dude. No way! It was just yesterday. Nineteen? No, I said that back. Nineteen ninety-three. So it's past twenty-five years. <laughs> shh, shh. Twenty-seven Mina, years. <laughs> That's Mina, a long time, man. <laughs>
2: Mina, thank you for saying that. I love to point out how old Trent is.
1: <laughs> Twenty-seven. And so, so Philip, you're like.
2: How old, man? I'm I'm 29. I'll be 30 in July.
1: Man, we are getting old, Trent. Like he was like literally three um, when we (laughs) went to school, man. I must say. um, Dude,
2: you're older than I thought you were. Holy cow.
1: Goodbye. Podcast over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Start over. So Mana, you live here in Atlanta. You are married to your wonderful wife, Tiffany, and you have one daughter, Zine,
1: right? That's, that is it, man, for, for now. I am outnumbered in our households.
0: Yes. So you, uh, like we already said, you graduated from Liberty and you got your uh, master's degree from New Orleans. Yeah. Seminary. And now you, I mean, you're all over the place. So I don't even know how to describe to the people what you actually do. I just know that you get to interview and talk to a lot of cool people in Christian con- uh, who are in the Christian world and also who are not in the Christian world. You just interview all these people and get to write all these great articles about your interviews. So kind of unpack that for our audience, kind of what, how you got into that and who, who you actually work for. <laughs> yeah.
1: I got into it by mistake, um, Trent, to be really honest with you, dude. I was in full-time ministry and really loved doing that and just enjoyed just the church aspect of church life. And I hate when I say that because people think, so do you not go to church now? No, we attend church now <laughs> still do, and still very involved. Uh, so I've been very clear there a little bit. it's um, so four years ago, out of nowhere, I majored in journalism and literally thought I would never use it, uh, guys. And so four years ago, got a call from Christianity Today and said, hey, can you go cover a story for us? And it really kind of wasn't even like that. We were, I was on the phone with the editor. And we were brainstorming ideas. And a guy named Clayton King, who you guys know, was the first interview f- almost four years ago. And uh, I, I think it's been 300-something. I don't know, I know the number a day. But 300-something people um, since then. And so I, I get the privilege of working with and writing for 14 different publications, um, primarily uh, ChristianHeadlines.com, which is owned by the Salem Network. Which, if you guys listen to the fish here in Atlanta, um, it's underneath that umbrella, if that makes sense. So, it's been fun. Most most days, it's been fun. I don't want to say all days, but there are there have been some days I go, "What am I doing here?" Because I just didn't I didn't walk into it thinking I would stay this long.
0: Wow, and 300 interviews later, I mean, you've interviewed uh, Christian authors, Christian artists, um, you've uh, politicians. Um, retired politicians, judges—I mean, the whole gamut
1: of it's people. It's weird to me, and some of them are also Christians too. Um, as a little joke, there, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of one of those. Uh, they're Christians too. I'm joking, joking. It—it it runs the gamut. trip, I would say that I've—I've—I've I've, I've, I've walked away from almost everyone. Going, they're people, and—and—and—and and, and, and not to sound cheesy. But they all have a God centered quality, our need that as ministers of the gospel, that God's called us to actually be a part of and get in with.
0: That's great. That's a good word because we forget that sometimes. Yeah.
1: It's Depending very.
0: On the celebrity, we forget that sometimes, that they are people just like you and I.
1: Very, very easy to. Mm. Okay.
0: Also, something I want to point out I don't even think Philip knows this uh, as well. Before you started working. Uh, as a journalist, author, you know, you were uh, a fellow student pastor.
1: I yes. Mean,
0: so all three of us have done the whole student ministry world.
1: <laughs> I, I, I miss those days except for this time of the year going into summer. When you, uh, <laughs> so that you're about to run the gamut <laughs> from all-nighters to camps to everything else. So I miss it up until there, there's an all-nighter being announced. <laughs> church where I go, oh my gosh, I don't miss it.
0: <laughs> Something very funny. My kids yesterday, uh, you know, PK kids are always uh concocting stuff. They they somehow think they own the church secretly. Yes. <laughs> you know? So myself, my kids along with uh Pastor Brian's kids and the other executive pastors, uh Pastor Brandon, his kids, all friends they concocted this idea yesterday that they were going to host their own lock-in here at the church and that we, as the parents were going to be totally okay with that um so
2: uh, i heard about that
0: down very very quick um (laughs) brandon the other xp he said go ask your mom and but i was like absolutely
1: not (laughs) I don't see any of that at all. I don't see any news cameras outside. COVID stories. I don't see any at all, Trent. I mean, <laughs> that's a great event! <laughs> what do I get the church's name on the map? <laughs> yes.
0: Pastors' kids get COVID and spread. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's, that's just, I see the headlines now, man. It's all too well. <laughs>
0: that's so, Mina, with all our guests, we take them through these rapid-fire questions we've already talked a lot about who you are and what you're doing, but this even helps our audience get to know some fun things about you as well. So Philip's going to run through those questions uh, with you. So take it away, Philip.
2: Yeah. So my, the point here is that you don't think too hard. It's top of the dome. Uh, so great,
1: Phillip, this is great.
2: Natural answer from you. Okay.
1: Thanks um, man. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Mess up. Here we go. All
2: right. <laughs> So uh, first, uh, Cheryl, where are you from? Where'd you grow up?
1: Orlando, Florida. Okay. Uh, home of, of Disney World. Man.
2: Nice, that's awesome. Um, all right, now this is a passionate one for me and Trent here. Uh, pancakes or waffles?
1: Oh my gosh, ah, uh, uh, waffles. <laughs> oh,
2: I thought he'd, I thought he'd go with me on the pancakes. Waffle.
1: I love pancakes too, though, Philip. But waffles, they're,
2: they're both good. Eighties um, or nineties music?
1: Oh my gosh, is there any choice in this one? Like 80s, man, that's kind of, yeah.
2: All right. Me and Trent went 90s on one of our episodes, so we, we man, leaned that one. Wow,
1: on. that's sacrilegious, Trent, come from our era, man. But. Trent's
2: trying to act young. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now, Mina, we know you travel a lot, so do you prefer flying to your locations, or do you prefer to drive?
1: The older I'm getting, <laughs> driving, which is weird. Driving? Yeah, you can stop more to use the restroom. <laughs>
2: All right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um,
1: all right, uh,
2: beaches or mountains? Beaches. Beaches. All right. Uh, all right. You got three options here: Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime.
1: It's not like a none of the above. Um, I'm I'm old school. Come on, Philip. Cable, man. That's kind of what Generation X does. <laughs> 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 um, Amazon Prime.
2: Okay. All right. Fair. Um, all right, Instagram or Facebook? Facebook. Facebook, all right. Um, sports or you just don't really care about sports?
1: I'm gonna say sports.
2: All right. Um winter or summer? Summer. All right, fall or spring? Fall. All right. And um old testament or new testament?
1: I'm gonna say old testament. Okay. Go back to this in particular.
2: All right. First, and uh, first. final do what? The
0: first guest to say Old Testament. Yeah. I know.
2: I was a little surprised.
1: Be- because of the book. That's really the whole Bible. Thanks, Trent. I'm going to fall to <laughs> a real clap here now. Yeah, I only like one book, the Bible. <laughs> the, whole, the whole Bible. Sorry. I love it all.
2: <laughs> Good answer, Mina. Good answer. Good question. <laughs> Golly. Get
1: them every time, Philip. Get some Yeah.
2: Them. Great. <laughs> all right. Last one. Uh, favorite person you've ever interviewed. Kind of putting you on the spot on this one.
1: Oh my gosh. This is a deep one. Uh, probably for today, and they change every day, Philip. but the guy, um, who was a pastor by y'all church at, at Grace community, um, mm-hmm. was former pastor there, Buddy Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I literally interviewed him about 10 days before he passed away. Oh, and that's probably my favorite. just because it was he and his wife who was not supposed to be in the interview, but she had to be there to kind of hold him up mm-hmm. basically. And it just really came down for me at, at that moment. Um, this is what it's all about. You know? And so yeah. it was a neat interview.
2: Yeah, he was he was a great guy, especially in our community. They did a lot. so
1: Great, great man. Absolutely.
0: That's awesome. Very hey, good. I got one last question for you. And we like to ask everybody that comes on our show uh, to, to answer this one is best piece of advice that you've ever received in your life.
1: You know, I I would say the best piece of advice I've ever, ever received, and I can remember this, this clearly, um, suffered with uh, special learning disabilities, then I was a stutterer, then ADHD, so what a perfect combo here. Uh, <laughs> things like all in one package. Um, and I can remember this clearly, just being told that God's a special plan for your life. Just walk in it. Mm-hmm. Amen. That, you know, even with all those struggles, I can remember that clearly, even to this day, going, God's a special plan in your life, just Mm. walk in it. Um, And so no matter the season or the day or, you know, what I'm going through, just knowing that and to walk in it always gets me through. Mm.
0: Stuff, it's a who gave you that advice? Do you remember, or is this something people-
1: I do? I mean, that was my mom. This is gonna guys don't laugh at this. Point. This is after I failed second grade, which we could all we, that, that would be a whole other funny story altogether of having them have my parents told me that. And so, that piece of advice probably got me through another year of second grade, which <laughs> I don't know, if they fail kids anymore, <laughs> but-
0: especially not ADHD kids, yeah. Uh oh! Do we lose him? <laughs> there he is. There he is. is. You were frozen right. just for a minute. <laughs>
1: right. right, Okay. Uh,
0: all right. So let's, man, mine. I'm excited about this because I feel like one of the reasons I felt like you'd be a great guest for the topic is because of your ability with what God's allowing you to do um, to interview a lot of people from all different types of walks of life and political views and worldviews, and I just felt like this would, you would be the perfect person to help us unpack this conversation Uh, and the paradox that lives within us that sometimes we champion things um, such as our political party or, or preferences over our relationship with Jesus, or at least it may, even if in our hearts that's not The way it is, the way we live our lives makes others believe that's what we are. You know what I'm saying? And um, so there's three three aspects aspects of this. We feel like we see this happening in our culture, and we kind of already talked about this a little bit as we were prepping for this this podcast. Um, Just how there's this chasm, right, that you have to – it's almost today that you feel like you have to pick a side. And if you don't pick that side or a side, then you're viewed as weak or out of touch or ignorant, you yeah. know, head in the sand kind of person. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of pressure to maybe even do this more than we want to. You know, um, so you're seeing how are you seeing that in our culture today.
1: You know, I don't know where we got to this level. I, I remember a day, and Philip definitely, I don't remember this because he's so young, Trent, but I remember a day, though, where you didn't ask somebody who they were voting for. I mean, it, 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 was, it was almost kind of went along with, with your own personal salary you, you didn't ask. So it's kind of all one lump sum. Somewhere down the road, it became okay to ask that question, and I don't really know where that, came in at but I think once we entered into that season it also became somewhere comfortable to go man are you on this side or are you on this side mm-hmm. and you can't be in the middle on on anything nor can you praise any politician <laughs> on any side um, because if you do then you're seen as the bad guy um and I think that's very troubling just, just because I don't think it's the gospel First of all, I mean, I, I think the gospel wants us to tell the truth, no matter no matter what. And so, automatically, if you can't tell the truth based upon what people may or may not think of you, then you're automatically, you know, saying, "Well, you know, I'm going to decide to not tell the truth." And and I think. I think that's a problem, and I also think as believers, we've not been called to be on either one of those sides. Our calling is to is to God yeah. um, and so but and i I, I say this to people all, all the time if 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 you're watching CNN or MSNBC or Fox News and you're agreeing with everything that they're saying yeah. you could you could be the problem, and I know it's hard for a lot of people to take that in yeah. <laughs> but you should. We should not be agreeing with everything that comes on any one of those three channels, nor should we be agreeing with any one side of any party spectrum either. It's dangerous. I, I think it's dangerous, in fact, to be honest with you, Trent. Maybe even uh, somewhat disingenuous, right? It, it it is, and you're almost pushed. And so I think I think the typical voter, the typical believer, feels like, man, if I don't answer this the right way, then I could be ousted from either the church or not y'all's church, obviously, but either the church or either from the small group I'm in or the friends I'm talking to. I've known of many people who've lost friends just based on who they voted for Yeah, on both sides. Right. Yeah.
2: It's, it's interesting you say that, I, you know, I've got a couple of friends that, you know, through social media and just following them, you know, there's posts. And I, I just know two weeks ago, one of my friends that I grew up with here at the church, you know, put on, on their Facebook and said, Hey, if, if you envision yourself voting for Trump in twenty twenty, go ahead and unfriend me now. Like we can't be friends. And I'm just like, that's crazy.
1: You know, Philip, I did not notice so recently there's a term called the called the canceling, the canceling generation or the cancel generation. Yep. And that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it, is it is almost like if you're for either one of these people, just go ahead and just cancel me now. Yeah. Uh, and and so and I think if you introduce social media into the picture, also, guys, that just adds to the fuel. And so if you agree with any certain thing or any certain person, oh, man, you better get ready um, because you may not be Christian enough um, or, or maybe you may be too Christian for some people <laughs> to, uh, to actually line up. And, and, and I think it's a very dangerous season. And to some degree, because it's exactly what happened to Rwanda. I mean, you look at the, the country of Rwanda, that's how they started measuring people up themselves, too. Then it wasn't too far along that they stopped really understanding, you know, human qualities altogether.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't realize that, but that was their
1: start. It's that, that was their start. And the, the problem is, is that, you know, it's hard for people to set aside that's their opinion, and this is, this, is, this is the person who I know and who I love and who I'm talking to. Philip, the friend that you're talking about, if you were to put that person one-on-one with that person they disagree with in the same room, they would never say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, people seem to have this courage to say things on social media to cancel people out almost if they don't exist. Mm-hmm. Right
0: the screen the the screen gives us uh, and our keyboards give us this uh voice of mighty courage that we somehow hide behind that's extremely dangerous and in fact that's kind of our first maybe point of this discussion is that we feel like sometimes we're more vocal uh about who we support politically than who we are saved by who we are following right in, in the person of Jesus Christ. And and so our, I feel like that's one of the first steps that we see a negative steps in this conversation is people just become vocal. And sometimes that we use that term vocal and we just think about our, our voice, but really I am actually equating whatever we type on the screen as vocal, just as if we
1: were saying it out
0: loud, you know,
1: yeah, and it's what I found to be interesting, though, guys, is the politicians who I who, who I've interviewed. Every one of them, man, when when we get done, or even when, even before or during, I realize that they're human, that they are human beings, um, and, and 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 all of them, I would say, um, have been people who I would talk to again, even go to lunch with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's one of those things where I just I always w- walk away and go. In the day, you know, this person was made by God, um, and the problem is that we're more vocal about the politician, or whatever, whoever the person is, than we are God. What we're really saying is, is that man, we're more passionate about politics than we are Jesus. And I, and I think, you know, I think there's a lot of questions. I think believers are going to have to ask when they go to the ballot box this November. Is Where's our passion? Um, are we more passionate about the person who we're checking off? Or are we more passionate about about God? And I, and I think I don't know if you guys know this or not. I mean Trent, you have a you have a brother and sister. Is that correct, Trent? You have
2: yeah.
1: And Phil, you have brothers and sisters, man. Yeah, I do. I'll never forget this. Clearly. I remember my mom would always say this often to my sister and I, who was really, really bad. And I was the good one. in the family. Um, when we would act up really my sister, when she would act up against me in public, my mom would always say, Hey guys, people are watching our family. Mm-hmm. And, and I honestly think as believers, we need to really wake up to people are watching us as people of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're watching our actions, they're watching how we act toward other people, and people really are deciding, you know, do I really want this Jesus who they're talking about or, or not? And, and I, I think our passion needs to radiate Jesus and less of the politician.
0: Yeah. I think, too, you know, one of the things I think we've gotten into this culture is this idea that we always are Right. Right. Um, and that we're gonna wrestle down anyone with <laughs> facts and trends that ha- might have a different opinion.
1: And I'm laughing, Trip, because I've done it, man. <laughs> so it's not like I've been, I'm not like I'm I'm guilty of this. Guy. Well, guys, well, I've done it before too. I've gone, wait a minute, like step away from the keyboard. <laughs> And remember that you're a child of God. Right. Um, and that, you know, Jesus, although facts are very important, we need to, to realize those, obviously, and realize that. But Jesus didn't call us to really argue facts. Right. He called us to, to love people and to really find a relationship with them to know that where, where do they stand spiritually. Right. And so it's one of those things, if, if your facts are more important than where that person stands you Russia know, relationship with, with Jesus, right. that's a problem. Yeah. And I, I get it because I love facts what I what I do most days anyway. I mean I love facts. So I get why people would want to wrestle with it. I, I, I do. But it's not what we've been called to though, although as important as it is. Right. Um, you know, and so and I think we I think we need to one of the things that concerns me to a certain degree, Trent and Philip, is is that we are so spinning facts around to fit our narrative and our truth that if we're not careful people are going to look at and ask us now, okay, the Bible, which I believe is, is totally true. Are you trying to do the same thing with that too? Mm. Um, Cause the two are very different. So I need to make sure that when I'm talking about facts and, and policies that it lines up with God's word, mm-hmm. that people don't say, you know, I mean, I, I think he went to just win that argument. <laughs> so is he doing the same thing with God's word too?
0: Right. Are you just trying to dig up all the information you can to prove all your naysayers wrong? Right. Or are you trying to, I think what we're just talking about, the cancellation culture is, are we trying to understand people and where they're coming from? Are we just trying to dig up enough information to outsmart the guy we're talking to?
1: Right. And I I think that's a serious problem. And it's one of those things where We've got to remember that God is watching all of this and that he sees this. And then one day, man, uh, hopefully not, Oh, maybe hopefully soon, I don't know, Hopefully not too soon, though, Trent, for us, Phillips, a lot lot younger than we are, we're going to stand in front of God, man, and it's all going to be laid out. And I think we remember that day is going to come that God sees all.
0: Yeah, Totally. And I I think there's something that we, like you just, you alluded to this and I think it's a point that we need to make. As we become more vocal and more, I don't know, argumentative, uh, whatever word you want to put in there to describe our, our, our boisterousness towards something. We start to dehumanize people, and you keep saying that about the people you inter- interview. Whether you agreed with their position in life or worldview or not, you realize that at the end of the day, you you were reminded of they're a child. They are created by God in His image. Yeah, and they have a purpose in life. Maybe they haven't found God's purpose for their life, but God created them nonetheless.
1: Yeah, and 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 if they're you know, professing believers. Um, this is maybe hard for some of us to understand. This that they are brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. And and it and it was. I'll never forget this one week, guys. It was Clarence Thomas and Al Gore. I was interviewing on both, and I, I believe Clarence was on Monday or Tuesday, and I think Al was on Tuesday. I think I think it was on Thursday. And I'll never forget getting my car Friday and and going, man. Jesus, man, you died for both of these men.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um at the end of end of the day, you know, man, how how did I live you out in front of them? Mm-hmm. Um, did I carry the cross well? Mm-hmm. And and I think and it was kind of funny that same week I had people on both sides, guys, go. That's great, oh man! I would want to talk to him <laughs> that's awesome it was It was bizarre, like right down the middle, I found out like how my friends stood on certain issues right. and how they did not sit on certain issues. but with both those guys, for example, I mean, they both i, I and I may not agree uh, with some of their stance, but they both really one on one told me you know, the time where they accepted Jesus. Now, I may wrestle and argue with some of that, personally speaking, uh, but it's one of those things where I thought it was interesting how they both saw Jesus as being the same. And so whether it was Clarence Thomas or, or Al Gore, they both really said said to me that there was a time where they accepted Jesus. And I thought that's it was just interesting. It was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. they two different spectrums. Here, <laughs> they both had made a decision to follow Jesus. Wow!
2: I think something you you mentioned there, you know, was saying, "Hey, when I got done with those interviews on Friday, I hope I represented Jesus well." And I think that that's something that you know we don't ask ourselves often enough when we have these conversations, or when it comes to you know talking about politics, or just having conversations with people in general, is how do I look, you know, to other people? And right. you know, we think about the social media, as we, we think about my friend that I was just talking about, and, you know, we get so ready and prepared to have these conversations, and these arguments with people that we don't step back and go, well, am I giving off an image that Christ would be happy with when I have these conversations with people? And I think that's such an interesting perspective that you said there, because I, I don't think a lot of people have that.
1: No, and, and part of it is, and I've had people say this a lot, and sometimes in the, in the, in the journalism world, too, which is fine, where they'll say, you know, man, Manny, you came across too nice um, oh. <laughs> to, to, to people. And it's one of those things where I go, that's really sad that that's a problem in today's culture, honestly. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, too, it's too nice. You know, one of the things I pray about before any interview is that I don't play the gotcha game with people. Um, I don't think Jesus plays it with us, personally speaking. I mm-hmm. think that he comes straight for the heart. And I think he does it for me personally. When Jesus wants to get his point across to me about something, man, it is so like authentic and real, and and it, I mean, and passionate. And it's not condescending or rude <laughs> or they play the gotcha game with Mida. It's done with a lot of grace, but it's done with um, with with him being truthful to me, though in areas of my life. And I think we've got to do the same thing with politicians and politics too, that we don't play the gotcha game with folks. We don't play the, I, you know, man, this is how terrible they are. And I, and I, and I think even with social media, going to a new election season that we're in, we need to be very careful to watch ourselves that we're not trying to tear someone down. Um, you know, I'll never get this one here recently, Trent. The governor, some people agree or disagree with us here in Georgia about you know the uh, allowing people to go back into culture and reality uh, after the virus and i and I remember telling a friend of mine I said, "You know what I hear all these negative things about him, but I can tell you i you know interviewed his wife and met interviewed him twice, and he genuinely does care for this state mm-hmm. and I may or may not agree with them on this one, but he does care though." And the person was like, it's hard for me to start with that, mine because I think he doesn't care. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's part of the problem is that we go straight to the worst of mankind with these people. Instead of going, you know, why would someone want to even run in the midst of all of this? Like, who would want this job? I mean, no offense to them on this one, but if you ask me, Trent, you know, Mina, do you want to spend time in jail or spend time being the governor of the state or the president of the United States? I would go, how much time in jail? Um, <laughs> I mean, literally. And so I know this is kind of said as a joke, but these people, I think really are public servants though, whether yeah. I agree with them or not. And there are times I don't, but they really are public servants because this is such an incredible hard and taxing role.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things we also see—we've been talking about how people are vocal, right? How we're more vocal today, and some of that vocalism and just putting, spewing information, has caused the chasm to widen on the political yeah. spectrum. But also, I think things are visual. We've kind of, we've kind of touched around this, tip, tap toed around this subject too. Um, but people are visually connected to this this divide as well and whether it's we're posting videos uh proving our point or flying different flags or putting signs in our yard and it's like we're just putting these boundaries around and just putting our stake in the ground and saying this is who I am deal with it and um it's funny to me that we can be so bold in that but then you start asking people about their relationship with Jesus and they get very quiet and, or what church they go to and they definitely don't want you to know that, you know, unfortunately some of the answers are, well, I haven't been to church in a while, but when I do go, you know, uh, one of the, one of the craziest thing is we used to, when I was in Charlotte, um, I had the opportunity to work for a, a pretty, um, well-known church in that area and I remember a few times going to uh, lunch with our pastor and he was always great at building relationship with the waiter or waitress and one day uh, we were talking he he asked the waitress like where she went to church and she actually said our church's name wow but was talking to him not in a way of you're my pastor like didn't have a clue who she was talking to <laughs> I mean, this guy has a tv ministry i mean it wasn't like
1: <laughs>
0: but my point is you know that we just sometimes will visually just put ourselves out there and make claims and i don't know i just feel like we do that in a way to maybe I mean, we do it with our sports teams, right? Yeah. But that has now expanded past sports. I mean, sports is one thing, but now it's like just worldview and who we are, and you see it in the. In, and I'm not this. I'm not bashing any political era, right. here, but you see parades and riots and marches, and it's, it's I don't know. It's kind of mind boggling to me, actually.
1: It is, you know, it's it's weird. And it's, it's more of a, I think it's more of an American concept, honestly. And in Christianity, it is anything else around the world, which may be part of the problem um, in of itself. Um, But I think we have to go back and ask ourselves, how passionate am I about Jesus? Mm -hmm. Am I more passionate about the things of this world than I am Jesus? Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I think, I think, that's also on the ballot box as well for us as believers. Where is my passion? Because if, I, if I'm more willing to put out a, you know, a, a political sign than I am where I go to church in my yard, and I, I don't want to be judgmental, but, but obviously I'm more passionate about that politician. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be really real about this. <laughs> and that is a, if, if, if I'm having to wrestle about putting that sign out, Versus a politician's name, then I think I've already, you know, it's it's already been chosen. Man, I'm more I'm more passionate about that. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things I have to ask myself every day, guys, is when I'm interviewing people, am I more passionate about Jesus than I am about not hurting their feelings? Mm-hmm. Um, and i mean, to be rude. I, I we're not calling me rude either, by the way, but. <laughs> You know, am I more passionate about doing the right thing? I'll tell you this one quick, quick story. Guy was a politician. Um, I won't name his name just because of this story. but And I was interviewing him. And clearly he was talking about God. And he was talking about God in such such a way that he was saying, you know, we all go to heaven if we all pray to the, to the same God. And, you know, as a, as a believer, I don't believe that, obviously. And so I just, you know, I got through the interview. And afterward, I just sensed the Holy Spirit go, I want you to have a conversation with him about me, Mina. And I wrestled with it because I remember thinking, well, he's already a believer. So I mean clearly you know, cl- there were clear signs that if he was, it was a pretty weak one. Right. Um and so I just, you know, everybody was gone. They had left the room. And he goes, Can we spend some time together? And I thought, Great, you know, here we go. I don't wanna I don't wanna ruin this. And I just, I, you know, I just said, hey, you made a statement. And I just want to know where do you stand spiritually? And, you know, you could tell it was uncomfortable for him. It was very uncomfortable for me. And so afterwards, we're done. It did not end all that well. I thought of my ending way, you know, because we're talking about some pretty heavy heavy topics, you know, salvation. Um, and so a week later, he and I knew him. uh, 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 a different senator. So we knew the same guy. That guy called me up and he said, hey, Mina, um, I ran into so-and-so. He goes, I was in the Capitol and he walked clear across the Capitol hallway, the room that we, we were in, to tell me that you two spoke. And he goes, can I ask you a question? what did you say? And I thought, Oh no, like here, here we go. I knew it was bad. So, <laughs> And I was just getting started at that time too. So I thought I'm never going to get another interview period from a politician. Um, and, and so I told the guy what I said, he goes, he goes, I knew it. He goes, my, he had more questions about God last night than I've seen him ask in a long time. Mm. He goes, you know, mine, I don't know where he stands spiritually, but whatever you said got him thinking. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's what it's all about.
0: That's
1: it. I mean, to, to really, and so when people are insulting someone on Facebook and we're the believer who's doing it, which I've already said, I've done it before. I don't do it anymore, but I've done it before. We just stop and ask ourselves. If I was to share my faith with this person, would that line up with what I just said? Right well, um,
0: what are you portraying like visually, like you know right. I, I was just it just hit me. I said, we we might have gotten our little uh bullet points out of order, Philip. <laughs> we might have started started talking about visual visualization first uh, and what we put out visually before what we say. Because sometimes people are never gonna hear what we say or even have the conversation because they've already we've already we've already put their guard up by what we've put out visually, you know? Right. And that story Mindy, I love it because honestly, it's so great. A little shameless plug here for uh episode number eight, uh we got coming up because it's about that. It's about the hidden figure Jesus that we hide from people because we're scared of what wow. they may say or portray about Jesus and about how we don't um Share Jesus with others, because like you were just saying, how intimidating sometimes it can be, even when we know the truth, and that Holy Spirit's like, knock knock knock, hey, you need to talk to that person. And wasn't it cool? Because you're probably making up excuses in your mind, like, oh, we're busy, we're gonna have to leave this interview, and he's gonna get whisked away.
1: <laughs> That's right. There was a lot of stuff through my mind of I can't do it, man. Yeah. And what ended up happening afterward was. I mean, that guy and his staff, we became friends. I mean, up until this day, in fact. Yeah. Um, and it was just interesting to to me that when I made the decision to cross the line, in a good line, to go, man, I want, I want to talk about God here with, with him and talk about Jesus. It was interesting how Jesus walked in, in the room and I walked out, yeah. um, which... When we're online, I think, and you know, I'll say this real real quick here, Trent, especially going into an election season, we'd we ask ourselves, man, we'd we have people who are holding us accountable that if they see anything on our Facebook page, and I have friends who are like this, thank God, who will go, man, Monty, you need to pull that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, you know, I mean, seriously, and the same group of friends have just challenged me, and, I, and I've gotten way better, have challenged me to just go, Minding, hey, starting in September, you know what about getting off until the election day is over? Mm-hmm. um and what that because we're because we're human, and yeah. so it helps me keep my testimony to go, I don't want anyone to think that man I'm getting in in any way stopping them from seeing Jesus, mm-hmm. and because our actions can dictate that
0: they can a hundred percent well said that's good advice, I mean. We do need those people in our lives to challenge what they're seeing. And that's the thing. We, we, we run around saying, well, God's my judge, not you. And I think God, I think those verses are misconstrued.
1: It's all, it's all, all over trick. Oh, my gosh.
0: So we need people that are going to be fruit inspectors in our life, right?
1: Yes. I mean, and, it's, and what it does, it really helps you keep your testimony. More than anything else, and for, for most people out there, they probably don't need that when it comes to, to social media or Facebook and that. And that's great, but I, I honestly think in this season that we're going into, it's going to get hard. Um, you know, especially with defending people who at times don't act godly. Um, let's just let's just face it, and that's that's another thing too. They are politicians. <laughs> They're not, you know, our pastors, are our Sunday school teachers. They're politicians and every, you know, every season we run into this. And my concern is, is that man, we're more aligning with a politician than we are Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he's the one that we need to, that we need to, to stick with at best. Any present that, that we get, it's going to be eight years. When that person's done, you know, I mean, like it is in American politics, they're done for that season. And at the end of the day, man, Jesus is who is with us in every season.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, so visually, vocally, we're we're aligning ourselves, visually, we're aligning ourselves. I think causing that division, making it hard for people to relate to us because we're visually off putting, you know, uh Philip and I were talking about this earlier. Um, and we were we were having a conversation about how as pastors, you know well, the question we came up with because we were discussing some politics issues him and I where we kind of somewhat disagree I don't know if we disagree necessarily but maybe coming at it from different angles right and that's what I love about having Philip on our on this podcast with me because he does bring a different generational viewpoint that I would never really understand so I love that he brings that millennial viewpoint to what we talk about and um But we were just talking about, you know, just how if we were not pastors or if we were not in ministry, what would our social media pages look like? Wow. Um, You know, because we both of us, one, we never want to put our church in a bad light. So we're automatically measured in our social media. But if we didn't have that filter to work things through, where would that accountability be for us? And, you know, both of us admitted, uh, and, and that's one of the things we always talk about on this podcast is that we're not coming at this at a judgmental angle that we're better than you. We're saying that the reality is a lot of these paradoxes are coming from our own life, you know, and that's where we're coming up with these topics. And, um, but just if we weren't pastors or didn't work for a church or weren't in ministry, man, that would be, that would probably be really hard to,
1: Oh, uh, to navigate through. <laughs> yeah, that's the man. Yeah. Yes, I mean, and, and, and I think if my, my wife and I have talked to this too, Trent, and she goes, well, wow, isn't that kind of sad, though? Like, shouldn't it be that way all the time? And I said, <laughs> yeah, I guess, Tiffany. Oh, uh, thanks, you know, <laughs> sort of. Uh, but it's, it's such a, it's a hard place to be in today's culture, and especially when everybody, you know, you know, we're told, guys, It's okay to give our opinion, no matter what. And so we're really going against culture to a larger degree by abstaining from some of these topics on social media and out loud.
2: Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, kind of as we're, we're talking about, you know, where we kind of fall, you know, I think about the Arbery case that just obviously the whole country is kind of reeling over and, you know, it comes into like speaking out against injustice and things like that. And, you know, I was having a conversation with our student pastor um, that week that all that stuff was kind of going down. And I was like, you know, this is what makes me kind of hesitant to doing these things. I I want to post and I want to share and I want to say, you know what, like, we need to speak out against the injustices that we see happening around us. But in the same aspect, you know, it's this two-sided coin, you know, then I get something on there. People from our church, friends, you know, family members, they start commenting. Next thing I know, they're arguing with each other. And I'm like, and I'm like, I I wanted to speak out on something that I believe needed to be spoken out about as a pastor, as a leader in a church. But then in the same sense, I've created now a platform for people to fight and to argue. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And it's just, you know, I don't have the answers. And it's just, it's so complicated at this time.
1: It's one of those things where I've had people, I posted something that just out of innocence, you know, and then. I've had people wrestle back and forth and I've had friends go, so you believe that way too? And I'm going, no, (laughs) they're wrestling. (laughs) Stop it. But if you don't say anything while they're wrestling, then you're the bad guy. And so it's one of those things where it's hard to know where to start and where to stop.
2: Right. And I I think that for what happens for those of us that do ministry, like three of us, you know, it's like, well, I might just be better off not saying anything. And, and then it becomes, well, The church needs to speak out about these things, and it's this circle of never-ending, like, what am I supposed to do
1: Mm -hmm. to— these are always changing, too, which is a large part of it also. Right.
0: And that kind of—Philip, bring up our third topic because, you know, I think this really ties really well into the last point of what you just said.
2: Yeah, so, you know, I think that you know, we talked about being more vocal, more visual in the, th- in the way that we do things and kind of our last thing that we we have kind of pinpointed is just passion in general. You know, it seems that, you know, when it comes to politics, when it comes to where people stand on some of these things, they are just they're so much more educated, they're so much more passionate about talking about these things, convincing other people to follow suit with them and, you know, it ends up looking like what happens is that Ultimately, we take our worldview, you know, our culture, how we grew up, the way we were raised, we take our worldview and we apply it to the word or we apply it to the way that we view God instead of the way that we should, where we take scripture, where we take who God is in that truth, and then learn to apply that to our worldview, to our opinions and to the things that we're going to be vocal about. And so kind of as you've had these interviews, how have you seen that, you know, have you seen that worldview is impacting their view of the scriptures more than the other way around
1: yeah you know it's it's you know everything changes when a pastor walks in the room i <laughs> think we've all heard that said before and so in some ways these interviews have been very unique because they're usually not coming from a, a, a minister typically when right. they're answering questions and so people tend to put on their on their best face <laughs> i mean you can imagine that or not but it's interesting though if you hang with them long enough, man, their their real actions and passion, it begins to actually show. And I'll never forget someone telling me this before I started even, even the even the very first interview. The guy just said, you know, man, if you can walk into it knowing that, man, you're their minister or their pastor for that season, for that hour, um, then man, it's gonna be fine. But if you walk in like any typical journalist and you're then you're going to get that too. Um, and so one of the things that when I'm getting ready to talk to them, or they're getting ready to, to, to uh, I, as we're sitting down, I'm always praying and asking, and God, let the truth come out, but also let this be life-giving to them also. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to where they do ask questions afterward. And I've had several people just ask, Hey, tell me about your faith or tell me about this. Um, Sarah, Huckabee, who was a, who was the, the White House, um, not chief of staff, but Wait, spokesperson, uh, said to me, uh, when I interviewed her, she, it had been a pretty interesting day. You could tell, obviously, the White House is always interesting, but she said, you know, uh, we got ready to pray for her, and she was like, wow, I really needed that. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those seasons that just Mm -hmm. were so now for every interview that that I do, man, we tend to start with, with prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, Just so, so no matter who it is, no matter whether it is, you know, um, Al Gore or Jimmy Carter or Clarence Thomas to Tim Keller, um, man, we're going to start with prayer. Um, Because I think in doing that, it really sets the tone and the worldview that, man, that God is in the room. Uh, clearly. And so, and I think it makes the interview go so much better when that takes place. <laughs> and it's, it's what happened. It happens when the camera or, or the, or the, or the interview is done, that that's where the real ministry tends to take place in.
2: How interesting that you have to introduce that for that kind of facade to come down. I know you'd mentioned, you know, you walk out of those interviews and you're like, wow, I got to talk to a human being, not a politician. And how interesting that you would have to like kind of break that barrier down before they really can be real with you.
1: Yeah, and I I would say this too, Philip. Before we say stuff or go online or whatever, I think it it would do us all well, including me, to take a pause to just go, "Okay, I need to pray here um, Hmm. to make sure that what I'm saying or what I'm doing is the right thing." And and prayer really will carry you through. Yeah,
0: you know. I come across as a very laid back person, but you get me talking about the right subject. I can get very passionate very well,
1: I think we're all like that right
0: <laughs> uh, I mean you know waffles, pancakes, you know, right. <laughs> you know that kind of night, but I do think it's okay to be passionate i don't think I don't want people to misunderstand us, right? right? We want you to be passionate, but we want you to be passionate for Jesus, not passionate for any politician or or political view, right? Um, and some would say, well, some of my political views are based on my faith. And that could be true. That can be a true thing, right? Like um, being, a you know, our audience and, and us on the, in this uh, podcast are going to say we're, we would align with pro-life. <laughs> right. Right? And so <clears throat> it's okay to be passionate about being pro-life. Yes. Um, but as Philip was just uh, analyzing there, you know, I, I agree, Philip, you're right. I mean, I feel like so many times we use scripture trying to, to enhance our worldview that we developed versus using scripture to develop the worldview. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something that makes us sets us apart as believers because the world, they have to develop a worldview. Um, yeah. And that worldview can be based on mostly, it's based on their personal life experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's based on who their parents were, how they grew up, where they grew up. And all those things influence the worldview naturally. And as a believer, that could define us, or Jesus can define us. And I think that as we're passionate, we have to remember my passion should come from a biblical worldview not my passion coming from my personal pres- preferences of whether I should be in the, I, well, I won't go there. <laughs> I was going to go in a political round and I just put on the brakes really hard right there.
1: <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> well, I,
2: I think it's more complicated than, than even that, that sounds, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, take, take everything, you know, that you've grown up with, that you've developed, that you've understood your entire life, you know, and, I mean, the complicated part of it is that deconstruct all of that. Take all of that stuff out of the, the view that you're looking through, right? Take away, you know, not having a dad. Take away the, the, the financial situation that you grew up in. Take away, you know, the culture that you grew up around. Take away what was going on in the world around you as a time of war. You know, what does technology look like? These are all things that obviously impact our worldview. Take all, break all those things down introduce Jesus and now build all those things back together on top of that and you know I think we like to pop in and go hey fix your worldview you know filter it through scripture but it's way more complicated than that and I think that that it would do us good to understand you know that our character and our personality goes a long way when we begin to introduce these things to people instead of just going hey sitting on church and the way that you're living life is wrong and I think that if we approach it in the right way, and this is where we talk about how we're vocal, how we're visual, what we're passionate about, understanding the way we do that goes a very long way when we're telling people, take away everything you understand, start here with who Jesus is, and let's build on top of that from everything. And I think that if we can understand that and remember that, and, you know, Mina was talking about this, you know, just remembering to filter things before you do it stop and pray have those this is a person that i'm going to be talking to this is not just a politician i think that that would really help anyone kind of as they begin to introduce themselves in these conversations
0: i totally agree you know something i got to do re- last week which was um just really valuable to me i sat down with one of our uh, church members but we sat down not as pastor and church member we wanted he wanted to talk through you know, social injustice, you know, he's a black man and me being a white man. And we wanted to kind of just talk through some of that yeah. as people. And man, it was so refreshing because it wasn't this idea that, Hey, we're coming to, it was like, we're coming together to hear each other ask questions that we are, always feel awkward asking the other person, you know, but we kind of just said, okay, you know let's let's pull back the covers let's be real with each other because if we can't do that as believers and brothers in Christ then can we really have dialogue you know if we keep the mask on so i was able to ask him questions from a white man you know and say man i don't understand this help me you know or i'm struggling with this help me how how do i how do how can i see this better from your perspective and he was doing the same thing with me. And that was just, man, it was the unfortunate thing about that conversation is that it only got the last two hours. (laughs) Wow. You know, it was something that we could have talked forever about probably. And, um, we just sat and heard each other and it was just really good. And I just feel like, man, I wish our world could do that more, you know? Um, and it's easy, it was easy for us because we're both followers of Jesus, right? And I think that is the common denominator. Um, and Maya, you said it. I mean, man, they need to see Jesus before they see us. And wow. I think we get in the way of that sometimes because we want to be right. Now, as we we're talking through this, something that came across something I was thinking, okay our audience might be thinking that we're saying something that we're not. (laughs) I think that – I I don't want our audience to say that we are sitting here saying that there's not a place to be passionate and stand up for things that maybe are wrong in politics. Right. So we're not saying that. We're not saying, like, if there's something that's unjust or something that's happening in our world that we just – well, you know, we just got to be the peacemakers and not stand up,
1: right? Just lay down on the ground and just take it. No, that's not what we're
0: yeah. We're not saying that. And so if you're listening, hopefully you've made it this far to the podcast uh, and to hear the end of it. Because, you know, I want our audience to know that we're not saying that. We We know that there are times when the church does stand up and we are passionate about things. And sometimes those things are in the political realm. Um, I think the whole point of this is that we want people not to, we want our audience and ourselves not to align ourselves with Republican or Democrat, but with Jesus,
1: Mm. you know? And Trent, to keep Jesus in mind, man, in every one of these, Mm. these these situations. Yeah.
0: So mine, we try to, in every podcast, Uh, with some practical things, and you've already kind of given them, but just kind of recap some of these practical things, like how, as believers, can we be less about our political preferences, desires, and more about Christ? What what would some practical things that you could say today to our audience?
1: Yeah, I would say, number one, keep Jesus in mind, obviously, in every step of this. Number two, I, I really would say get involved. Um, you know, I don't mean that in a cheesy go carry size. Of course that's part of it. That's okay too, but it's, things tend to change when you get involved in the process because yeah. you, you tend to see things differently. Um, yeah. so outside said too. number three, man, find an accountability partner in this are people who are going to hold you uh, accountable in all this. And finally, I would say, I, and I think it's his Matthew eight, man, be the people of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, You know the guy that you spoke to um, the, uh, in your church, Trent. You know that conversation happened because you were both people of peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, had two people got together and go, "I'm going to make my my point known," then you know what? That's not going to happen <laughs> in mean, any situation. So yeah. be people of peace. Yeah,
0: and Good
1: peace part. does not mean you lay down and just take take things. It really it does mean that you do come with opinions and stuff still and your, in your thoughts, but you're not going to be rude.
0: Mm-hmm. You're going to value a relationship over uh, a right. Hey, well, Amen.
1: A, yes. A
0: perceived right. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: Philip, what would be some pl- practical things that you would leave our audience as we wrap this up today?
2: Um, I, you know, we obviously might've hit on this a lot and I, I, I just would say, remember that you know we're all people we all we all have our viewpoints, we all have our thing that we think is right, um, but to walk into that conversation, just being mindful of who you are and and who they are um you know in relation to 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 Christ,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I would say you know as we kind of recap you know as we're being vocal uh whether it's in politics or not, remember we have accountability to Christ about what we say and what we portray, who we champion. And if our first champion is not Jesus, then we need to question ourselves. Right. You know? And uh, so that's my practical advice and there's all ways to do that. You know, just keep, keep listening to the Holy spirit, you know, and if you have a check in about what you're going to say, whether it be on social media or whether you're going to say it, uh, in person, uh, dial it back. Don't say it, you know, just like put on the brakes, just like I did a few minutes ago. (laughs) You don't have to say
1: everything. By the way, Trent, great illustration.
0: (laughs) Um, man, mine have been so great having you on the paradox podcast.
1: Guys, thank you. It was fun, man. I did not literally, I did not know it would be this fun. So I'll just be honest with you guys about that, but it was fun though. <laughs> when well, yeah. you talk to say politics, you automatically think, "Oh no, Here we go. are we going with this?" Which yeah. is kind of, you know, how that is. But this was not that at all, which is good.
0: Yeah. Um, thank you, audience, for listening to the Paradox Culture podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this, and and uh, thank you for your support. And just keep. Follow Mina, we'll put Mina's uh, information there so you can follow him on social media and follow his articles and all his great work that he's doing. And uh, so we want you to like and subscribe and all those good things and and share this with somebody, maybe not in a way like, hey, you got to hear this, but you know, hey, this spoke to me. (laughs) Uh, We always like to share things that we think somebody fits this context. But thank you so much for listening. We love you guys and appreciate your support. And we'll see you next time on the Paradox Culture podcast. Take care and be good.